0: What I've done is entitled this uh, portion of the series, The End Zone. And of course, that always gives you an idea of, you know, we made it, another six points or whatever. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that was appropriate. You know, all of them got zone titles. But to make it to the end zone in football requires perseverance, skill and all those other things. But mainly that tenacity of making it over the line. That's what comes to my mind when I think about my wonderful children, (laughs) you know, in terms of parenting them, okay? And so I wanted to just get us, even if we really don't, maybe we don't have children or they're so distant, I mean, like they're in other countries, you don't feel like you're in touch with them anymore. I want you to capture at least a personal feeling and vision that, you know, God wants me to continue parenting until my last breath. But the focus of this is parenting that lifts the next generation. Remember, the whole stated purpose of these breakout classes is to study what's been going on around us in in the world and also in many of of the denominational uh, faiths is that the next generation seems to be drifting. It's losing momentum. It's losing conviction, passion. And we don't want that to happen. Not Amen. for the Lord's church. Amen. So in our study of 2 Peter, uh, we have thus far discussed how to go about adding to our faith goodness. And to goodness, knowledge. And to knowledge, remember last time? Self-control, which I dubbed discipline. Tonight, we're going to go about adding perseverance. Now, this is a practical application, of course, to the character quality and how it's expressed in our approach to parenting. That's what I'm going to zero in on because, I mean, perseverance, could, that could be anything, you know, your job or whatever, okay? So, I want to encourage you that we're halfway there building our pyramid of faith, Okay? And the goal, of course, is to get to love. I again wish to emphasize that the central focus of all our efforts in these classes are to examine some creative ways to grow in our Christ-likeness as it relates to these seven spiritual qualities. Okay, But tonight, we're just going to also introduce a new term in our vocabulary. I dub it, Jesus-speak. I'll elaborate a little bit more, but I want to encourage all of us to take a fresh look at Jesus' interaction with others and how that should shape our approach to parenting and or discipleship of others. We're going to address this topic in much greater depth in our fifth class, the next one, which is entitled In the Zone. And what I mean is deliberate discipleship that lifts others up. But, let's consider how the Apostle Paul utilized Jesus speak. In Paul's first letter to Timothy, we find the Apostle charging out of the starting gate with a firm command for the young evangelist to execute among the fellowship and the church leadership in Ephesus. So you see this as I urged you, okay? Command. You see those strong verbs in there? Now, Paul seems to be maybe maybe even fed up with certain individuals promoting teachings that are not in line with the gospel of Jesus. So, similar. in our last class, all of us were encouraged, at least by me, uh, and if you've read Jerry Bridges' book, to be fed up with those subtle sins, those maybe mm, sins of the tongue and heart we tolerate, the more respectable sins. So I want us to also just remember what we're building here is just this integrity, this attitude, to persevere in our efforts to see Christ formed in us rather than continuing to ignore those subtle or not so subtle character sins. It's kind of funny, maybe not so funny, how our own character sins seem to grab our attention best when they crop up in our offspring. (coughs) So, it seems to me, therefore, that one of the most beneficial approaches to effective parenting rests upon perseverance in dealing with my own sinful tendencies first, then turning around, and encouraging my children, and now grandchildren, to do the same. Thus, tonight's class, we're going to use the following foundational principles. What does God's Word command and teach me to be doing more of? Another foundational principle I want to share with you besides figuring out what God's Word commands and teaches me to be doing more of is... What does the Holy Spirit command and teach others around me to consider doing more of? You see how these are similar, but they're actually very different. Mm -hmm. One of them is just testing you for your sensitivity to God's word whenever you open it. Okay, Am, am I aligning myself with it? The second one, and this is what's so important about these breakout classes in the various demographic groups, is I'm looking around in the fellowship and the Holy Spirit's going to urge me, that sister, that brother, they need this type of encouragement. The Holy Spirit wants them to consider doing more of this. Finally, many of you have heard me say with regard to my adult children that... I don't plan on quitting my parenting skills or parenting until I'm dead. Okay? This is my lovely family. One of the many things I'm grateful, uh, so grateful to God actually, about is having all my grown children living nearby and worshiping with Jean and I in the same church. It's such an honor. And this opportunity has allowed us to persevere in refining our parenting skills. But we also wish for everyone here to have a sense of determination to keep trying, keep trying to push forward with your spiritual influence over your adult children so that we can all successfully make it to the end zone. Gene and I look forward to sharing some victories and defeats in this lifelong venture. But speaking of victories, I must share with you a family tradition that my youngest daughter uh, started a few years back. And that is the entire family would convene at our home to celebrate Angela's birthday by a fierce competition of capture the flag, Nerf gun style. Okay. Now, as you can see by the following photos, we are doing our best even to influence the newest members of the next (laughs) generation. That's young Cameron there, toting his gun. He had actually a picture with a bigger one. Now, go ahead and open your Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter 4, and let's get into our main text tonight. But uh, before we do, please join me in prayer. Father God, please help us develop greater perseverance in our quest to mature our faith. And specifically, may your Holy Spirit empower tonight's discussion so that we may glean further insights from the Apostle Paul and one another in our use of Jesus speak to silence the devil's evil words and works amongst our fellowship. We look forward to being used by you in greater ways to influence the next generation in a deeper love for you. To you, God, be glory and honor. I pray in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Okay, in 1 Timothy chapter 4, I'm going to read uh, verses 11 through 16, verse 11. Command and teach these things. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. But set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to preaching, and... To teaching, Do not neglect your gift, which was given through prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. Watch your life and doctrine closely. Of course, our buzzword here, persevere in them. Because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. That very first one, command and teach these things. As I mentioned earlier, we, like Timothy and Paul, we should do all we can to thwart Satan's efforts to derail our conviction. Do you want to join me in being fed up in your Jesus speak towards yes. Satan's efforts to derail your faith? Yes. Okay, glad you're with me. Well, what's the F for? Forthright. This is, this is my definition that i my opinion from the bible of jesus speak it involves being forthright a willingness to say what is right in the right way mm-hmm. e, e is for engaging using everyday life opportunities he was so good at it Just, you know you can't get through any chapter of the gospel without seeing his amazing engaging ability And the D, discerning, the art of asking great questions. We all can grow in this. U is for uplifting, promoting healthy communication with one another, rather than trying to put up the wall. Let's dismantle the wall, let's get better at that. And lastly, P is for personal, going deeper. We're sharing what you really believe in. Amen. Sometimes it's hard, even in our, our times after, you know, I stop talking and we break into D But I think this is what Jesus speak is, is calling us to, okay? Let's go to the next verse. Verse 12. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. That may not hold for any of us here tonight, I'm sorry to say. But we're still called, irrespective of our age, to set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. So I have invited experts in these areas to help us all the first of which
1: mm-hmm. Jean oh,
0: now behind her is just a passage about Jesus who seems to embody this concept as well so each speaker will have something up there to distract your attention if you get bored.
2: <laughs> okay I had to read what it, what, where it is <laughs> um the he wants us to all share. Wants us to all share something, that aspect of our life, some way that we've learned and grown in this area. But um, I think for us as women, as we get older, I do think um, that we carry a great amount of influence to the younger generation, and we set the pace, we set the standard actually, in a lot of ways for them because they're going to. They need to be looking to us to to see, this is how I want to be when I, when as I grow older, as I mature, I want to be able to speak like this one. I want to be able to show grace like that one. And and how how did you get through those teen years? You know, how did you do that, or how did you get past um, to this point? You know, with married children. But some of the things that I am. Um, one of the women, couple women that I really admire in the scriptures is the Pro—well, Proverbs 31 woman where it talks about, in verse 26, she speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. Amen. And and so that is one to really aspire to. And I think about Abigail, who lived in the most negative, um, intense, harsh situation. And you'd think someone like that would be bitter-hearted and harsh herself or critical or negative because that's what you're around and you're having to fight fight to figure out how to deal with somebody like her husband um, but she wasn't she was full of grace mm-hmm. she was kind-hearted she respected David um, she want, she wanted to protect her family and and so where did that where does that all come from you know of course it comes from leaning on Jesus And thinking about Jesus in Colossians um, 4 and verse um, 16 I always think about this one and and it's talking about the um, outsiders but what about inside your house be wise in the way you act toward outsiders make the most of every opportunity let your conversation be always full of grace seasoned with salt so that you may know how to answer everyone and I think about that with our own children and of course our children are older now, so we have to learn how to have a different kind of relationship with them. Um, we we are their parents, but we don't talk to them like a mommy anymore. Um, we, we talk to them. Um, we call them higher, and we talk to them on a level of sisterhood as, as they become older. Amen. And with lots of respect and honor and lifting them up for for where they are in their life already. Mm -hmm. And, um, but, you know, a lot of times we still have that teenage spirit in them, especially if they've gone off to college, they still have that kind of spirit. And one thing that I've had to learn is, you know, especially with my son, is to learn how to speak with him, that was the last one, and also my oldest daughter, she will often say, Mom, she'll call me back, you hurt my feelings. And so having that humble heart as an adult parent um, to not get defensive Because they are in our lives also To disciple us Amen. And why wouldn't I want them First of all to help me More than I would want other people to help me Because they see the real me yeah. you know? And so even when going and asking my son you know, Show me and tell me how do, how do you feel when I talk to you this way um, I'm really sorry Apologizing Help me out Give, Get input from them you know they're adults as well. They're disciples as well. And if even if they're not, they will give you input. Yes. It's valuable. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the things that I've learned is just to value the input of my children and how it can help me be more godly.
0: Amen. Amen. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Yes, thank you. No thank
3: you. you Clay asked me to uh, speak about in conduct and. Uh, to, um, share with you the example, uh, basically that I have the opportunity to, um, bring up my grandson, um, sort of in a, in a godly way. He's, he's, his only influence, um, and, and, uh, experience with God is, uh, through me. Uh, my wife doesn't come to church. My, my daughter um you know that's not her thing um his dad definitely not his thing his other grandparents you know um so being able to bring aj to church and to interact with him um to be an example for him especially um not long ago he had his tonsils taken out and when we went to visit him at the hospital um you know i was just giving him affection trying to comfort him and And everything and and my um, well his his other grandfather was there and said I don't understand how you can be that way I I don't know how to do that you know Um, but to be able to give that love and affection to my grandson um, and that exposure has helped him out Uh, he just finished his first year of kindergarten But when he started out, um, he was getting in trouble, kind of talking in class, disobeying, things like that. Um, And then um, maybe a couple months into school, he told me and grandma that I decided I don't want to be in trouble. I want to be a good boy. I'm gonna obey the teacher. I help the other kids when they need help. I'm going to... uh, be a good boy. So um, I just uh, was back into uh, teaching Sunday school in the mornings, and currently our memory verse is um, from John thirteen fifteen. 15, um, after Jesus had washed the disciples' feet, it was, I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. And um, I'm just so grateful to God that I have that opportunity to be an example to AJ, um, and that he has, through no uh, no part on uh, my part, uh, has decided that he wanted he wants to be a good boy and to help others and to be kind and caring and affectionate. So,
4: Hi, I'm Tanya, and I have two stepsons. Um, one is 16, one is 18. The 18-year-old lives with me, and he'll be graduating from Kellum High School here in three, four days on um, uh-huh. Saturday. So that's exciting. And um, he's been living with me um, since July of last year, um, just with me. So um, I'm New to parenting, um, full-time parenting on my own for a year. So I'm like, kind of strange at the very end of his public school years. I've got him. So, um, but it's been wonderful. So having him with me for the last year has really changed my heart in a way that um, I'm glad that Clayton asked me to speak tonight because it really got me to think about how that happened and and what's happened for me. Um it's really God I think that's changed my heart in love because I recognize that um the love that I show Dylan, my stepson, is the love that God shows me. So I have to model that for Dylan and I've been doing that over the last year. And Dylan, for the most part, is quiet. You know, he's 18. (laughs) You talk to him and he's quiet. He listens politely and you don't know what's sinking in and what's not. But um, just the last two or three weeks, including yesterday, he's been asking me about God. Um, And he's going into the Marines. Um, He's going to basic training July 23rd. So he's got a month here to go back home with his mother, um, and then he'll be going to the Marines at the end of July. He asked me yesterday about war, and um, I could tell that that was troubling him. He was a little concerned about that and his place in the Marines and what that would mean in God's eyes. So we got to have that conversation yesterday. Um, Prior to that, um, you know, teenage years... um, you know, he gets frustrated and he gets angry and he doesn't know what to do with that. And, um, and he asked me a few weeks ago how I handle my anger and frustration mm-hmm. with things in life. He's like, because you don't handle it like I do. He said, mm-hmm. I want to just <laughs> get angry and tear into somebody or something. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, the way I approach, the way I try to approach frustration and anger and Temptation is to think about what would please God and, and to think about my relationship with God. And I've told him in these words, I've said, you know, there's nothing that I want to ever come between my relationship with God. So I try to, and I don't always, but I try to think before I speak, before I act, um, what would this mean in God's eyes? How would this affect my relationship with him? And if you, live, you try to live your life that way, um, you make different choices. You see people different ways. So I try to instill that in him. And I think it's, he's starting to come around, and, and just the questions that he asks me are positive, and I can see a change. It's a little bit of anxiety for him, you know, getting out of high school, moving back home with his mother, a little bit of... Um, Worry about going into the Marines. Um, questions about living on his own. You know, he started asking me about cooking. So, <laughs> uh, but it's it's coming together, and I'm I'm really pleased to see that he's thinking about God and he's thinking about his actions and what impact that will have spiritually, and that affects me and changes my heart too because God's watching me as I'm step parenting him. So thank you.
1: um i'm probably be briefer than all of them but um throughout the bible uh god tells us about how faithful he is and he calls us to be faithful as well um even when the the world is constantly shouting at us that we have all these reasons to doubt um that this isn't going to happen it's never going to happen um and we see all the setbacks but um in 1 Corinthians uh, 10, it tells us God will not allow us to be tempted uh, beyond what we can bear and that he always provides a way out. And in in John 21, um, I I know I can always think, well, why me? And, you know, why am I in this situation? And, and Peter did the same thing when he said to Jesus, well, what about him? And, um, and God said, well, what if I want him to, to live? You know, what am I but this is your your path. And, and I know that each of us have our own struggles. Some people have extreme health problems in their families. Others have um, uh, financial issues, marital problems. Uh, for me, it's uh, my biggest uh, uh, struggle uh, attack on my faith is the fact that uh, two of my children aren't faithful. And um, though they were, they have chosen to leave God in it tears my heart out um and my my husband is not a christian um but everyone has their own path and um and their own struggles um and god always provides a way out and uh he tells us in romans 12 one of those ways out is to be faithful in prayer and it's so encouraging to me that god listens to us Mm -hmm. and he wants to hear us and he wants to work for the good of those who love him Um, and I know that I get so much, um, I feel supported not only by God, but uh, when I pray with other moms who don't, whose children aren't disciples, um, I feel a great connection, I feel a lot of support, I feel um, a great camaraderie, a unity, and even when it's like praying with other sisters whose kids are disciples. I feel a great uh, compassion and a great support and, a, and encouragement, um, and I, I know when we get together, we always start out by sharing the good things as well as the bad, any victories, and and every single one of those victories means so much to every yeah. single one of us, and um, when Uh, Mindy LaSalle's uh, daughter and her husband got baptized, uh, restored last month. I mean, I'm going to be riding on that for the next couple of months. And just each, it may only happen every few months that one of our kids gets restored or gets baptized, but it it just, um, God is constantly uh, giving us these um, things to hold on to. And when they reach out spiritually, it means so much to all of us. Um, But we give each other support, hope, comfort, advice, um, our, our unity and our, strengthens our faith and um, I love praying with them uh, because it reminds me of how much God loves us and wants to do good for us and, and I know that our kids see us praying and um, my daughter knows that I go to a group of moms who pray for her non-christian kids. So I, um, but, uh, and they, they know our children know. Anyway, thank you very much.
5: Clay asked me to talk about the final subject here, which is purity. And as many of you know, um, Cheryl and I lead the effort to reclaim purity in our church in many ways. you know, I think the impact on us, uh, although uh, my heart probably primarily, has been really significant. The, the fact that he mentions purity in this scripture kind of gives me a little boost in that, you know, I, I'm doing something that's really needed. Uh, we've kind of been the pioneers on the Caleb Corps. We're empty nesters. I'm mostly retired, and so we've ventured into this new world, which we don't even know what that is yet. We're Trying to define that, I guess. But, you know, one of the things that has occurred is that it, it's made me much more reliant on God. When, we, when I look around and look at the struggle against purity, which our culture is just overwhelming us with in many respects, I go, I, I can't do this. Well, of course I can't do this. That's, you know, I'm supposed to rely on God. So it's really brought that into clarity for me. And it's really helped me to be more open with my wife. Obviously, we're doing this because I overcame this struggle myself. Um, and it's, that's not an easy thing to share a lot of times. You know, when I got baptized, I didn't say, yeah, I'm signing up for the purity ministry. That's where I want to work. Um, but it's where I find myself. So, amen, it's where God needs me to be. And I think um, it's helped Cheryl and I to become more unified, working on this together. Uh, we've begun teaching together. And uh, it it has really, um, like I said, brought us closer, helped us be more unified, really worked on our faith together. And, you know, I am so grateful that I was able to overcome. And it wasn't through, you know, my own strength, obviously. I had to learn to really be open and be honest and submit to what God really intended for me and my marriage, which was, was purity. And yet, in all that, it's made me more patient with those who are still struggling, yeah. I, I really have to fight against that. Well, if I did this; you can do this. Mm-hmm. But it takes years sometimes to overcome an addictive behavior. Yeah. We've expanded from just purity into more addictive uh, realms, and um, because addictive behavior is addictive behavior, yeah. you know, you yeah. can choose yeah. your poison, kind of. Yeah. But. We've now gone out beyond the Hampton Roads area. We've taught in Richmond for uh, a couple of weeks, and in a couple of weeks we go up to Hershey, Pennsylvania to, to teach there. So um, it has expanded uh, beyond where we thought we were going to be, but uh, I think God has really put it on my heart and Cheryl's heart uh, to work on this because, my goodness, the church needs it. Amen. Amen.
0: Thank you so much. Awesome. Well, we'll, uh, we'll plow through for a few more minutes and then, um, you know, uh, not have actually degroups, but I'll, I'll, I'll plant some seeds in your mind about some things that you can discuss uh, amongst yourselves over the next uh, few weeks before we get back together. But anyway, let's move on to uh, verse 13. And this, uh, I want to highlight this because most of us just kind of ignore it. And I'll, and I'll explain why. It says, Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture to preaching and to teaching. Now, most of us in the audience do not publicly read, preach, or teach the Word of God. So what does this verse have to do with us? But if we approached many other scriptures like that, we can miss some Holy Spirit hidden messages. I believe these directives to Timothy have much to do with how we can play a role and generational lift in our day, but only if we persevere in them. So how should we devote ourselves to these three aspects of our church life? Here's my suggestion. Glad you asked. Okay. Public reading of Scripture. How about just regularly talking about the Bible around your children or other household members? That's public. You see what I mean? This is... This is not rocket science. We actually can do many of these things that seem to be over our heads. All right, what about preaching? Well, how about maybe just starting here? Ask your spouse or others you typically hang with what struck them about the sermon that day. That's actually putting yourself into preaching, believe it or not. What about that third challenge? Teaching. Perhaps you can share with your brothers and sisters things you are learning from your own personal Bible study times. You become a teacher at that moment. So so many exciting things that we can do here. And then another one that we tend to just gloss over is this command: Do not neglect your gift here in verse fourteen, which was given you through the prophecy through prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. I haven't laid my hands on many of you. I know. Okay. If you need me to do that for some reason, I'll try and oblige. But the Holy Spirit really wants to do things with your faith. And that's what I want to encourage you to do. Ed has done a great job of elaborating on how to identify and let the Holy Spirit use, capitalize, expound upon, expand upon your strengths. So what I'm going to do is just refer you to his lesson. That's what it looks like on the website. Okay. That was delivered on February 22nd, 2017. The title again is training our strengths to build up the body of Christ. So what am I going to leave you with? Well, how about these last two? I'll reread them and then give you some hints about what you can consider doing. Again, be diligent in these matters. All the things that we talked about and heard tonight. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see my progress, your progress. Watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. What I like to do with with scriptures when I come across them is just ask a bunch of questions. Maybe you could ask yourself, like, you know, when, how, what, where, why? Okay, well, how do I get this out of those two verses? When, when is the most challenging, when is it the most challenging for you to be diligent in setting an example for others? How? How? Well, how can you go about encouraging another brother or sister to be wholehearted? See, these are all those verbs from those two verses. I'm turning them into thought questions, meditative opportunities for you. The Holy Spirit loves that time you give it. What? What practical measurements should we be using to demonstrate personal growth in the Christ-like qualities mentioned in 2 Peter 1, Five through seven, our theme scripture. Because remember, it said, so that everyone may see your progress. Well, you gotta have measurements, Mm -hmm. measuring tools for, for, for you to recognize progress or someone else to recognize progress. Then you can ask a where question. Where is perseverance most needed, relevant to Christian lifestyle and doctrine? My favorite question, and I love it when the grandkids ask, why? So, my question for you, why do you think this empty nesters group can make a spiritual difference in our fellowship? <coughs> Homework assignment, and I'm going to get personal. <coughs> Read through the book, the entire book of 1 Timothy in one sitting. So you don't you don't have to do this tomorrow, but maybe over the next 6 weeks, pick a time where you can actually go through the entire letter, 1 Timothy and appreciate the Apostle Paul's approach to helping the young evangelist Timothy be equipped to train himself to be godly. And that's, of course, highlighted in 1 Timothy 4.7. Then, share with others in this group over the next several weeks your opinion and or observations regarding these two questions. Paul's approach to training Timothy. Does it bear any resemblance to Jesus' approach with the twelve? And then secondly, would you honestly want to be trained by someone in this similar manner? Why or why not? Thank you for your attention.